when Albert's like, you're a coward. He's yeah. like, yeah, uh, <laughs> I am. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I can relate to that. Like, so on so many levels, like you're like, no, nah, I'm not going out there. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the What's Up Already podcast. We fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Carter. I'm here with my co-host, Alec Burgess. Let's get it. We appreciate you tuning in. Go ahead, hit that follow, subscribe, like, bell notification buttons. You can keep up with all of our episodes, new content, everything we're doing. Um, also, tell a friend about us. Help us grow the podcast. Tell your family about us. Tell a speech therapist about us. Um, we'd like, we probably need one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I drop my G's and uh, run on sentences. One, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just never stop talking. So uh, sometimes I do it without taking a breath at all. Depends on how worked up I am about the movie we're talking about. Um, and this movie that we're talking about is a continuation, week three of our biopics, biopics, whatever, movies about real people month. <laughs> and there we go. Yeah, there we go. That's the new name of them. And, uh, yeah, it's the King's Speech. It was released December 25th, 2010. It was written by David Seidler. It was directed by Tom Hooper. It stars Colin Firth, Jeffrey Rush, Helena Bonham Carter, Derek Jacoby, Robert Portal, Richard Dixon, Paul Trussell, Adrian, Adrian Scarborough, and... Oh, what's his name? What's the brother's name? Why can't I think of that actor? Because he's not on the top of the list. I was hoping you would be able to tell me because I had the same problem. I couldn't remember. Um, I, the worst part is I can see him. Yeah, I mean, I know who he is, too. It's, but I it's, just a, keep, it's like a pretty common name, isn't it? Yeah, he's. it's not like out there. And he's also like I keep thinking about Iron Man 3. Like, yeah. that's what I I always go to. Uh, Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce. That's right. Guy Why are we so bad at this? I don't know. I'm usually much better at that, especially because he's in one of my favorite, like the, uh, oh, no, the Count of Monte Cristo. He's also yeah. in that. And so, like, I should have just known. Anyway, there it is. Uh, and Guy Pierce. <laughs> uh, this movie is the story of King George VI, his unexpected, unexpected ascension to the throne of the British Empire in 1836 and the speech therapist who helped the unsure monarch overcome his stammer. Um, that's a pretty good synopsis. It's probably the best one we've had in a while. Yeah. Pretty um, accurate. Good to go. Yeah. It's right there. I mean, it's not all about his, the story of King George the sixth, but certainly about his ascension and his stammer. Um, this is a you pick. So this is a me pick 100%. This is a so you kind of did some weird shit this month with this because you got me on is with uh catch me if you can. I'd never seen it. I had never seen this movie from front to back at one time. <laughs> Alex Batten, one and a half for two. One. That's right. <laughs> I had seen all of this movie, but never in one sitting. Um, and there's a reason for that, which we'll get into, but. I'm actually going to let you lead off with this movie because of that. And I want to tell that story because it goes into a big part of how I'm going to rate this movie and my thoughts on this movie. But so I'm going to let you kick it off. Sounds good. So I, I have a love hate relationship with this movie. 
because it's kind of boring. We'll say like, like <laughs> content wise, content wise, what the story is, you have someone who is teaching, you know, helping coach someone through a speech impediment. That that's what this is. And that is pretty much front to back. And the time period that's happening is, you know, 1930s, 1940s uh, Europe. So this is, you've got a lot of stuff going on. And it does, this movie does a great job of like sticking to its content. And it lets you know stuff that's happening, but it doesn't really directly tell you. What they stick to is speech impediment, teaching someone how to, you know, get over their stutter. Um, And so that's like, really, this is what we're doing with this movie. This is a two and a half hour, however long movie it is about literally a speech coach. However, Jeffrey Rush found a way to make such a stupid premise for a movie highly entertaining. I, I'm shocked that he did not win an Oscar for this. I know he was nominated. He should have won because mm-hmm. Jeffrey Rush is the reason why I like this movie. You, you put anybody else in there. I'm, I mean, anybody else. It is going to be dog shit. And that's in the cast with Colin Firth. And we talked about Guy Pierce. Like this is Helena Bonham Carter. This is a good cast. But if you don't have Jeffrey Rush in here, you don't have a movie. It is mm-hmm. dog shit. But putting him in here makes it enjoyable. And that's why I will watch it. Um, now, I, I go I go kind of a long time in between watches because it is kind of a slog. But his performance every single time is the reason why I put this movie in here. 100%. Yeah, I, I, it's you know it's funny because you basically just gave my reason for not having watched this movie in full. Like I sat down going when it first came out, I remember like Casey and I were both like, "Well, we have to see this movie." Yeah. Um, and then we I don't remember why I think, but we never went and saw it in theaters, which was odd for us because we normally did, and I don't remember why we didn't, or I and I can't recall, but I will say we sat down to watch it at home, and I'm like, "Oh my." god this is boring and the problem was i'm with you like it's this double-edged sword because it has a fantastic cast and for all of its boring shit the the acting is outrageous across the board like it's so good but the content i'm like okay i get it this dude's a, a prince that was never supposed to be king that had a very hard father and very hard brothers and had these expectations laid on him. And he had some trauma that caused him to stutter. And the trauma was his dad fucking yelling at his ass and being a dick to him because the expectations of who he is and what he's going to become. But, and then he had to become probably one of the most beloved monarchs in English history. So at least in modern era. Right. So it's like, I get the story, but like I just told the whole fucking story in a 30 second fucking blurb. And now I got to watch a two hour movie about them overcoming it. However, the parts that are entertaining in this movie, to your point with, you know, the it's just Jeffrey Rush kills it. Colin Firth kills it. And together. Riddled with some sprinklings of Helena Bottom Carter in there, just being like the nicest bitch on the planet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's just this conflagration of these phenomenal actors 
doing what they do best at peak levels amongst one of the most boring stories I've ever seen in my life that they stretch for two hours. I couldn't fucking do it. And even Casey who Colin Firth is like one of her top five. She watch anything with Colin Firth in it. And I'm like, she couldn't like, we had to stop it. We're like, okay, we're 35 minutes in. I'm like, I can't, I got to take a break. So we would, go do something else or we'd watch another movie and then we'd come back to it a couple of days later and watched another thing. It was hard. And then watching it this time, I was like, fuck me. Like, this is hard. I was so hard. I, I had to do other stuff. Like I had to stop watching it in my main room mm-hmm. and come in here to the office and watch it. Cause I have dual screen. So I would put it on my main screen and then I would do some other things while I was watching it because I'm like, I'm so bored. I'm going to fall asleep because there's parts where I'm just like, this sucks. I can't, it's just, so it's really hard. This movie's rough for me because I love the things that I love a ton. And you're right. Jeffrey Rush steals this movie. Like he makes it. And if it weren't for him, there's no, there's very little entertainment value to this movie without Jeffrey Rush. I will say Colin Firth has his moments too. And like, when he starts fucking screaming obscenities, like that shit's great. And I was like, this is my kind of like, fuck shit. Cunt, fuck. I, I just, I fucking love that shit. Right. And that's one of the things that helped him. Like, especially at the end when he's going through this big speech and you look up and you see Jeffrey rush going, fuck, 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 like mouthing it. <laughs> like it's, that's a great moment. And I don't want to talk too much about the end yet. Cause that's got a whole different speech for me, but like, yeah, dude, it, it's such a conundrum of a movie because what is good is amazingly good. But you have to slog through this like two hour movie about overcoming a stutter. And then, uh, yeah, but you have this friendship that's built, this unlikely friendship and and that lasted for their lot, their whole lives, right? Like, yeah. Oh, this story is fantastic. Like the actual story. Yeah. And it it like the movie pretty much follows what happened. Sure. As far as accuracy goes. But oh my gosh. Like this it it, it is a slog to get through. 100%. Yeah. It is it is boring at times, but at the same time I have this problem of I don't know what I would cut. Sure. Right? Like because they have this like and the problem I think is with most of these biopics, biopics, whatever, you have this kind of i would say exciting story that's overall and then there's boring parts in it yeah problem with this one is the story's boring (laughs) and then there's the exciting parts in it so to cut you'd have to cut out the exciting bits yeah because your your source material is boring Mm -hmm. um and i think it's kind of a flip-flop of what we normally see with biopics where it's more of a a boring life story with the exciting parts in there and you're like oh well we could cut out the boring Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a reversal um, but it has such great like i mean one of my favorite scenes is uh when he first like meets right calling for jeffrey rush and he's like i'm yeah. gonna call you birdie yeah right like no that's not my name yeah it is birdie <laughs> and it's so funny because at this time right this is a uh, royal family of england is you know still ruling the world yeah um, you know, you, we kind of get a little bit of this where proper English doctors are not telling, uh, you know, 
Colin Firth what he has to do, the Duke of York what he has to do because he's their boss, right? He's yeah. their ruler. They can't tell him what to do um, type of a thing. And then you have the Australian, right? Who's kind of like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You're like, no, I'm going to call you Birdie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. but that's that's the kind of thing that you almost need and that's what the duke of york needed was someone to kind of be like no um yeah. i'm gonna fix you and in order to fix you you have to let me fix you yeah yeah you gotta let go of that privilege right yeah like, you gotta yeah. let go of you're you're the king you're the you're the heir to the throne that goes bye-bye yeah when we're in this office yeah you're not a prince here you're a yeah. dude with the stutter and that's mm-hmm. yeah it, and it's I, like you said, and I, that's what makes their interactions so good. And like, there are parts that are so powerful, like the moment where, cause you're wondering like, where does this guy come up with his like methods? Right. Like, and why is he like, we get it now, especially under having a more modern, even than the 1930s understanding of stuttering and speech impediments in general, being typically not a mechanical thing though those are part of it, right? There are some speech impediments that are very much mechanical, but there's usually some emotional things that are, that have happened that have caused this. And I, you know, I love the buildup that they have of finding out that he's not an actual doctor that, and then the story from Jeffrey Rush is one of the most powerful moments in my opinion of this movie, where he talks about, you know what? I'm not a doctor. Like I'm not a professional. Like I, but I did this for the worst case scenario people and I did it because they needed it and I cared about them. And these were fellow soldiers during a very shitty, terrible time. So doctors and these certificates can go fuck themselves because I have practical application. I don't have someone that's taught me how to do it through a book or speculation or limited experience and i especially again don't give a shit that you're a prince or a king or you're a guy that has emotional damage that we need to work through and help you manage your stammer like i just love that moment it's like i'm the best because of where and how i've learned to do this like period and i never claim to be anything other than what i am yeah i never claim to be a doctor that's kind of a cool moment too or colin firth character i think is like uh, you never claimed to be a doctor. Yeah, I did that. And he's yeah. like, yep. And it kind of makes the whole, you know, first name thing make sense mm-hmm. on a whole different level versus what it actually was like. We need to be comfortable with each other. It's like, no, you're calling me doctor. And I don't like that because I'm not actually a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's often it's a weird thing when he first because he's like, don't call me doctor. Like, yeah, because you're like, wait, what? But then you find out later, obviously, that he's not. And it's so it's it's yeah, I love God, this is the thing. Like, I can praise so many pieces of this movie and then shit on it at the same time. But that's the, like, but you're, again, back to your initial opening statement is that without Jeffrey Rush and how he played this character, it just doesn't work. It no. just does not work. And I, I really hope the actual Lionel was exactly like this to the point yeah. where you have, have that moment where he's, like, hiding from his wife. <laughs> He has the he has the royal family in his apartment. Yeah. He hasn't told her who he's treating. He hasn't told her he's treating. Yeah. I love it. Absolutely love it. Well, and you have like Helena Bottom Carter repeats the same thing. Like it only jumps in with the wife, like Myrtle, and she's like, "It's your royal highness the first time." And ma'am, after that, like I just yeah. love 
her character because she's like i know that she's not gonna know just yeah. like he didn't know how to do it and it was just yeah i just love that moment but to your point too like he's hiding there and, and i love when uh prince when albert's like you're a coward he's yeah. like yeah uh, <laughs> i am because <laughs> i'm like i can relate to that like so on so many levels like you're like no nah, i'm not going out there <laughs> yeah well it's a very cool moment because it's kind of that reversal right because yeah. up to this point uh it's you know jeffrey rush is the one who's kind of like hey you gotta fix this stop being scared you know get over it type of deal and then just want to 80 and you can see and it kind of i think helps the relationship grow to the point where it's like okay yeah we we both are scared things we're both human yeah um we can have a human relationship and it, yeah. it, but it's just so funny it's like you're a coward uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yes i am <laughs> oh it's so good it's so and that's like if i could just have those two characters interacting more on that level i think it would have improved the movie like those and i get that there's like this was a tense relationship obviously because of the separation you know of their social status plus like the fact that they're working on something that is a hindrance to this man's ability to do what he's supposed to do and probably at that time to his dad's point you know king george's point like because of modern technology like there's no hiding anymore like you don't just get to be a face that waves on occasion and shows up and does a speech to a small group of people like you're touching the world every time you open your pie hole and you have a hard time doing that in general so it's just one of those things where that tension is there and they have to show that this isn't going to be a friendly funny relationship but i wish they would have found more ways to like insert some things like that and i don't know if that's because like where it was based off if there's like a book or if there's like a uh you know like a biography or something that this is that a lot of this content came from or if it's just from stories but to me i think that would have helped this movie be a little less boring is if you could have inserted some more of that levity between the two of them feeling each other out having moments of human moments versus doctor patient slash doctor patient relationship piece because that's where it gets born. I'm like, okay, great. They're going through all the speech analytics and like the me, 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 me's and the workouts of the throat and then the hopping around and the, you know, all the weird shit. And then they get in a fight because it's not working the way he wants it to because he's not actually fixing the problem. He's just putting a kind of bandaid on it. But you got to overcome that emotional piece or at least have a level of understanding so that you can move past the fear. So it just, so I get why they did it, but I wish because those moments are so good between the two of them, I wish we could have gotten a little more of them. I think it would have helped the movie. You saying that made me realize what I would cut. I figured it out. I would cut out everything with Guy Pierce. Fair. Like as, as much as good as he is and stuff like that. But those moments between, you know, Colin Firth and Guy Pierce, where we don't have Jeffrey rush or mm-hmm. anything like that, where it's kind of like the leading the country. Hey, you're, you're fucking up. What the hell are you doing? Type of a thing. I think you could pull those out and make it better and make it just about this, the speech and the process to get there. Yeah. Or even have, and I don't know, maybe they weren't this good of friends until later on in their relationship, but like he obviously gets him to talk about the shit that's going on with David. So like, 
have I don't need to see it on screen them fighting about his future American twice divorced wife. He could tell it to Jeffrey Rush. That mm-hmm. gives us more of those human moments between the two of them. I think that in alone, in and of itself, might have solved that problem. And I get why we have those Guy Pierce moments, to be honest with you, because it shows that he goes back to the fear, the scared little boy being, you know, lectured and broken by these people that are his betters, quote unquote. But yeah, I agree with you. I think you could have at least cut some of it. Yeah, you could have cut a lot of it. And then it makes it short. It makes it a little bit more palatable for a one time or, you know, like all in one sitting viewing. Yeah. Um, because that those were the moments where I was uh, just thinking about it was where I was bored. Yeah, because you didn't have Jeffrey Rush going. Somebody important goes blah 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 blah. Then you say, <laughs> and <laughs> louder, they can't hear you. Up here. <laughs> oh shit! So or, good. Or like the, I mean, because that whole kind of like church scene as well, where he sits down in the throne. Like, yeah. What are you gonna oh do about fuck it? yeah. <laughs> It's like it's just a chair. Somebody carved yeah. their name in this thing. <laughs> like just this absolute disdain for pomp, right? And yeah. you can see a little bit that uh Colin Firth, Prince Albert, has that same kind of thing because he's been raised in all his life, but he's that dutiful person, right? Where he's trying to be a good monarch, a good leader, a good king, but he hates the pomp as well. Yeah. And so you have that an- another way to grow it, but it goes back to, you know, Lionel, Jeffrey Rush's character, being able to recognize and read people that he's seen. So he doesn't need, you know, this big fancy degree from a university. It says he's a doctor. He can look at someone and spend a little bit of time with them and figure out what their problem is. Yep. And then attack that. And it's such great. And he does such a great job of training. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I did. That is a funny moment. They carved their name in it. <laughs> it's just a chair. <laughs> Who won the supporting actor in that that year? Was that Christian uh, Bale and the fighter that uh, won? Maybe. That? Let's see. Because that's that. Uh, I can. I would. I will. Yet. Yeah. Christian Bale and the fighter and Christopher Waltz. There's the one who. Uh... Glorious bastards. Mm. Oh yeah, Christoph Waltz. Yeah, I mean, I I, I still think Jeffrey Rush wins. Or yeah, so Christian won. Bale won it for the fighter yeah. that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked him in that movie, but I I am with you. I think Jeffrey Rush should have won. The problem is nobody could sit through. <laughs> Can't speak. No shit. <laughs> Though that's not entirely true either because this is a perfect movie for the Academy. Yeah. Cause those old bast, old white bastards, especially back then, they love this kind of fucking human condition fucking movie. But cause Colin Firth won best actor for this. Didn't he? Oh, did he? I think he did. Cause I think it won like six awards or 10 awards, something like that. Yeah, he did. It, yeah. Which uh, I mean, doesn't work for me. Like that, you know that's I mean? not fair. That's not fair. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, Colin Firth was great. Like I said, I I find myself one of my like some of my favorite shit is if you take him screaming the profanities or like when he loses his temper and the fucking and the fact that Jeffrey Rush's character 
Lionel like pushes him to be pissed so that he can say to him, look, no fucking stutter, stammer when you're pissed, yeah. right? Like get pissed because you stop stammering. Like those moments, Colin Firth is great, but without Jeffrey Rush to play against. He's not really all that good. Yeah, it just he's not as memorable of a character. He's only as memorable as he is because of Lionel and Jeffrey Rush playing that character to push him and having the responses that he does. Because that's the other part is every time Colin Firth has a great moment, Jeffrey Rush is there to reinforce that moment with a hilarious comment or a heartfelt moment right after it or a moment of silence when Colin Firth walks away from him because he's pissed. And Jeffrey Rush doesn't even say anything. He just stands there and then walks away. I'm like, Jesus, that's so good. So, yeah, that that's kind of a fuck. I mean, the Oscars, look, I don't pay much attention to the awards anyway because I think it's a flawed, flawed, flawed system. But, yeah, that's un, that's that doesn't work for me. Like, he should have yeah, definitely. Jeffrey won. Rush is the one who makes this movie. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For the layman, like, he's the only reason this movie's good. Like, oh, 100%. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I will say so. One of the things that really does impress me about this movie from the story perspective is the deep running story. Like, I have to speculate, right? So, here's the question we know that. Albert becomes King George the sixth wasn't ever meant to be like if his brother hadn't had Wallace, we never get King George the sixth probably. And by proxy, we may not have the longest reigning monarch in British history in queen Elizabeth II because that's dad. We just saw Queen Elizabeth. I mean, that the daughter, the oldest daughter that he's talking to, that's the future Queen of England that reigns for what was it, sixty years or some so shit? It was like than that wasn't it? Nineteen fifty when he died, I think in fifty three, fifty six. She the way took up over twenty twenty one. Twenty, I think it's twenty twenty two. Didn't she die last year? Oh yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, so sixty something years. So yeah, long ass time. What is, so Elizabeth II reign February 1952. Oh God! So yeah, so till 2022. So, so she 70? reigned yeah, 70 years. Jesus, that's crazy. Yeah, so 6th of February 1952 is when she was coronated, and then she died in 2022. So, wow. I don't I don't think I ever realized she was only 25 when she took uh yeah when took she the took, throne. took the throne. Yeah, so fit 70 years. Exactly 70 years. Jesus. It's Longest reigning monarch. Yeah. And so I mean, and here's the other question. So I, I asked that and I bring that up to say, knowing how much impact that Lionel had on her father and his ability to overcome his speech. And, and he never got rid of the stammer, but he was able to manage it for his reign, right? And he became what a lot of people consider gave some of the best speeches, including the one we see at the end of this movie. 
that that a monarch ever gave, right? So how much impact did that relationship then have on Queen Elizabeth, right? Because she was a great order. Like, she Mm -hmm. didn't do it very often, but when she did it, she was amazing. She gave some of the greatest speeches out there. And so it's really interesting to me, like, how much impact deeply or for long term did this relationship have on the royal family going forward because how many life lessons and things that she learned based on watching her dad go through this and then may and you know obviously she had probably had a relationship of some degree with lionel so how much of that friendship and relationship impacted even the current monarchy right so i i find that shit very intriguing to think about yeah i have to I have to imagine that it had a huge effect because I think like Lionel was a regular guest at the palace for years after this. Yeah. Um, like it, it became a family friend. Yeah. Well, he was present at every speech. Yeah. That, that the king ever gave. So he had to have been there a lot. And then the strategy that goes into it well, because you see that they're kind of playing out the speech like, hey, no, pause here works. So here's where you pause um, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So. I have to imagine she took advantage of that. She got to, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it would be silly not to. Yeah. Because she was also giving speeches before she became queen. Like she was traveling. In fact, when her father died, I'm pretty sure her and Philip were traveling to Australia of all places. I, so, I mean, it's like, that's it's, I, it was very interesting to me to think about. Cause to be honest, the first time I watched this movie, I don't think it, dawned on me because i was watching it in pieces i don't think it dawned on me that that was elizabeth like that this was elizabeth's dad right like i don't think that ever until i watched it this most recent time with all the way through i was like oh shit this is queen elizabeth ii like this is the monarch we're watching as a child watch her dad go through this process of overcoming a stammer like i didn't put that together until here yeah and it's i i it's kind of like that thing where this movie does a very good job of staying in its lane sure and lets you know about the outside world but doesn't point you in that area and it stays very much in this is the king's speech because you get the only clue is elizabeth yeah that's the only clue in this entire two and a half hour movie that's queen elizabeth ii is he says her name yeah well, and I don't even think it would have done because she was one of the rare occurrences that she kept her name as queen. Mm-hmm. Like when she became to reign, most of them, like Albert, changed their name to a more common king or monarchy name. And. But here we she was one of the rare occurrences that kept her name as Elizabeth. Can't, can't keep Albert. It's too German. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, and that's like. You know, there was only one Elizabeth before her. That's why she's Elizabeth mm-hmm. too, which was the most famous queen, maybe other than herself now. But in pre-modern times, like Elizabeth I was like the, the fucking queen. queen, right? Like she was, which is ironic because she wasn't supposed to be queen either. So it's like one of those things. It's funny where, how that works out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's almost it's, like if you're not expected to take the throne, you appreciate it more or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, her Queen Elizabeth I's dad was another very controversial 
situation anyway like that's neither here nor there but it's very interesting to look back over the british monarchy and you you have this person that had against all odds probably should never have been king and wasn't set up to be what would have been on the surface a successful king even though he had the best temperament and the best knowledge base and the best you know what i mean to for it and like you said he was dutiful which you have to be that level and you also see that with her with elizabeth too is that that she got that sense of duty from her dad so very intriguing when i thought of it big picture even though like you say it's not like they shoved that shit in your face and they could have they could have been like elizabeth yeah. You may you're gonna be queen. queen. <laughs> so well, and her, you know, her dad died relatively young with his heart issue, but so it's just like I don't know, it's very intriguing. And so I couldn't help but think like how much of that impacted her and what she became and how she used that those lessons. Because I would also imagine that if it worked so well for dad, he had to have been involved in you know, speech, everybody. Yeah, exactly. Like I would, I mean, if I'm King George the sixth, I'm going, Hey, I need you to teach these guys how to speak. I think, uh, he found some college or something like a speech. Oh, really? For the, after this, uh, Lionel Logue did. So he probably hmm. got his, you know, credentials from the King of England. And then sure. nobody cares what school you went to or didn't go to. <laughs> yeah. If you know the the king of England is your reference, you're you're good. You're good. You'll never find a job anywhere else again. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're you're set. You're good. <laughs> oh, the guy that made, you know, King George able to speak is uh, now running a school. Let's go there. Yeah. Might as well. Yeah. It's interesting. I did just look, and they did. It, uh, apparently, Queen Elizabeth very much praised this film. And the story that it told. So I'm assuming that means that it was relatively on point. Yeah. So, yeah, it said she enjoyed a private screening, um, obviously. And that, yeah, she completely said it was great. Yeah. Anyway. Very cool. Very cool. I was just trying to see if they, like, talked about um him helping the rest of the family yeah like if there was any kind of stories of her and him working together though i mean he was much older than king george so i don't know how long he lived throughout but you know i that would take a lot more research which i'll probably do now because yeah it's an I'm interesting very... story and it does its job and gets you to go research exactly which we talked about in previous episodes like that yeah. means that they did a good enough job telling their story so um but yeah it was it was very long and kind of it boring is. but the acting is top notch really really good if it, if they had a better content or like a better story to tell this has been phenomenal sure sure but it's yeah or even just a more story. creative yeah way of interjecting the more entertaining pieces of content versus some of it that i'm like uh, i don't need that backstory but okay whatever all right you ready to rate it yeah let's do it you're first all right, I'm first. So if I was giving this a rating purely off of Jeffrey Rush, it's an eight out of five. <laughs> um, since I can't do that, I'm going to settle at three and a half. Mm. I think that this movie does 
a phenomenal job as being a biopic. Mm-hmm. It gets you to go research like we just talked about. It gets you to want to know more about the story. It does a very good job of containing itself within the story that it wants to tell, despite the fact that that's boring as fuck. Um, I think that I will be watching this again, 100% with three and a half. I think that it's worth a watch at least once for everybody. Um, I think you get something out of this movie by going and watching it. Um, and that the Jeffrey Rush performance by itself would be worth the watch. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, three and a half for me. I'll be watching it again. Um, but, yeah, it, it's very long. <laughs> yeah. Well, and here's the thing. It's the shortest of the four movies this month. No, it's not. It's very long. <laughs> but it feels like it's the longest. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, it's uh, wow. Yeah, it's rough. Um, apparently, just to add before I do my rating, there was a, a letter after Queen Elizabeth had passed away that they found um, that where she thanked directly Logue for the help that he had provided her family and herself. So obviously so there was, yeah, obviously it doesn't go into detail what I'm reading, at least like what it was or how, like, you know, what, it, how far into that, like what she said, but there was a posthumous thank you there that. Yeah, that she wrote a letter to him uh, saying thanks for what he did. So it's very interesting. Apparently, it's very in-depth, but they didn't obviously don't talk about it. But right. Um, yeah, interesting. Like I said, I'm going to do, do some more research, see what I can find out. But that's one, one key to this movie. But I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to give it a three and a half. I think it had the potential to be higher if some creative editing was done, some shortening up. I think it's an interesting story at its surface. I think they tried to make it really artistic for the, I think they were trying to win some Oscars with this. Right. And I appreciate that. I get it. It worked. They won quite a few. Um, Won the wrong ones. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I'm also with you, like without Jeffrey Rush in this movie, it doesn't work. Like I'm not watching it. You know what I mean? Like I will stop watching because it's boring. And the story is it's at its core, very simple, but the moments that are very heartfelt are, I think the most impressive to me. Like, again, I go back and I've said this a few times during this recording, but the two of them interacting together were the best parts of this movie. And I wanted more of that when that wasn't happening on the screen, which in theory, it should have been happening a lot, but when it wasn't, which was far more than it should have been, I was not interested or not even as not as interested, sometimes not interested at all. But when they were working together, holy shit, like I was all in 100%. So um, I don't know that I'll watch this movie in its entirety again. I think I would watch bits here and there of their interactions and like the moments, like the heartfelt moments, like the, the final speech, Man, what a moving, powerful moment, right? Like, because you're waiting and you can watch the British people as a whole being portrayed as waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? It's probably the most important speech he ever gave because it was the start of his reign in the middle of a wartime, right? And a major wartime. It doesn't get any more important than this. Everybody had heard him speak or struggled to speak many times before this. You see that awkwardness. They portrayed it very well in the movie. Everyone's listening and waiting, 
with bated breath for him to have a struggle, and he doesn't. And you can go back and listen to this speech now from on recording, and it they did a great job recreating it. And that moment to me was like, this is cool. Like that, the bot, the payoff for that, for all the boredom I had for almost two hours, that five minutes was worth it. Right. So very good. Very interesting. Um, Yeah. So three and a half for me again, I don't know that I'll ever watch it in its entirety, but it's very much worth the watch. I agree with you. If you haven't seen this, you should watch it once just for, Jeffrey Rush, <laughs> Captain Barbosa. Watch it for yeah. Captain Barbosa. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There it is. Um, so, yeah, there's the King's speech. Alec, tell everybody where they can find us when they're not listening to us talk about this British movie. <sighs> Ready to get canceled, JJ? <laughs> oh, oh. Yes. Thank always. you for fuck, 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 shit balls tuning into our review of the King's speech. A good watch with great acting. Chip balls, fuck cup ass. Thank you to our current patron, Cholula Water, for selecting it for our month of biopics. Shit, 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 shit. This is week three of November, and we have a great lineup coming for the last part of the month. So hit the subscribe button, chip fuck balls ass, and hit the bell <laughs> notifications so you don't miss out. Patreon is the place to get involved with the podcast, shit, shit, fuck, fuck, and content. So head over there and join our crew of misfits. With that, I will kick it back to the Titan of Terror, the King of Crash, shit, fuck, shit, shit, JJ. <laughs> oh, it's your best outro ever, dude. <laughs> and it might get us canceled, and that's okay. <laughs> it was worth it. Um, fuck, I didn't know if you had a different syndrome or if you just were stammering. Like, that shit was great. No, I loved it. Uh, but that's a wild generalization that's probably more likely to get us canceled than you actually <laughs> screaming out profanities and pretending to have a stammer you're working through. I Man, because that's not at all what that particular, I'm not even going to say it. Anyway, with that, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Hasta la vista, baby. Cinematic out. <laughs>